Hey everybody, this is Courtney. And this is Allison. And you, you are, are listening, listening to Murder Porn. Porn. Woo! I kind of like saying that together. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't do the but oh, pew pew. It's not going to be a good episode if you don't do it. Should we start over? No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great episode. I believe in you, boo. <laughs> I believe I can fly. This means it's going to be a struggle. <laughs> This is, um, by the way, the second episode that we're recording today, and we also recorded a trailer, which took several takes, mm-hmm. but actually it turned out pretty good, I think. I think it did, too. Yeah. We so, were modifying it as we went, but, yeah. you know, hey, it went, yeah. went good. Yeah. 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 So, I think I've promised this one for, like, 25 million years and just never got Since into it. Since day one, boo. Yeah, it was a pretty long time. I still haven't even... Okay, so, fucked up story. I like fucked up stories. This pisses me off. So, when we talked about this in the last episode that I moved. Yeah. And several things went missing. Oh, we didn't we talk moved. about that. Oh. Well, not... We didn't talk about this specifically. But, remember the, the big episode? Yeah. The big episode? The one that nobody guessed what it might be on our Instagram? all fucking people of my notes engage we're in we're in that notebook like in what it was like a notepad uh-huh like a portfolio or whatever mm-hmm it was in there along with a mothman episode Ooh, the mothman mm-hmm gone don't know where you I have no idea on. is it in a box somewhere maybe or have you guys completely unpacked everything it could be at his parents' house somewhere. I don't know. Have, have you to. unpacked your whole apartment? Our, our apartment is fairly well set up. I want to get a different couch. We have lived here for five years in January, and there's still boxes that I haven't gone through over there. I'm... <laughs> I have... I have... Super important stuff like books and, and DVDs. Like, who the, the fuck well, has DVDs anymore? Yeah. I have, like, OCD, so, like, shit was going to have to get put away pretty quick. Well, I have OCD and ADHD, so it's a great combination of things. <laughs> so you're being <laughs> driven crazy yeah. by not doing it, but you can't do it because you You start a project, and it needs to be done very meticulously, and I don't have something that I need to make it look meticulous, so I walk and start another project that also needs to be done meticulously, and eventually I've made five messes, and I don't want to clean them up. Because mm-hmm. I'm tired at that point because I also have chronic fatigue. Yeah. So basically my husband hates me. <laughs> well, and that's that's what I was saying in the last episode is I start a million things. I do finish them because I'm telling you right now my like my OCD will not allow me to not finish them. I will be driven crazy. Yeah. But I also... Okay. So here's another funny fact about me. I equate the messiness of my car to how messy my life is yeah so if my car is super clean you know i have my life in order but if it's bad in my car it means that my life is not going well i I kid you not i can tell you exactly i don't know if it's like a depression thing because i get like really bad depression Mm mm-hmm I don't know how open I've been about that. I always wonder about that myself, you know, like, am I doing this because I'm, 
am I acting this way because I'm depressed or is it actually like my illness that's causing these things? Well, one thing, cause I've, I've always had patients ask me like, do you, do you like night shift? And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I like night shift for the most part. But one of the things I like, and I usually say that there's pros and cons and I talk about the pros and cons, but one of the cons that I don't talk about is I always feel like I'm more depressed at night and it's, like, it's because your fucking circadian rhythm and your, like, internal clock are off. Well, and there have been a lot of studies done that show how badly that will fuck a person up. Like, people who work the night shift have, like, a like a lower mortality rate. I always thought that was because uh, it messes with your heart. All of the things. Oh. Well, I didn't realize that. Everything's was... messed up. Like, your body is programmed to wake up with the sun. Mm-hmm. That's why, like they make those clocks you know that like imitate the sunrise the alarm clocks that do that which are are pretty cool i think yeah well (laughs) either way at night it's like i always feel like life is worse at night and then you usually just go to bed and i'm fine yeah except on night shift you can't do that yeah well you're also not getting the vitamin d that you need Mm -hmm. vitamin d gives you energy it makes you happy yeah it's like the first couple days of spring when it's really nice i almost get like euphoric from it Mm -hmm. it's really crazy that's why people go fast and have accidents on those days too oh did not realize that Mm -hmm. that's interesting i knew that uh i said something who did i say this to and they they stared at me like i was crazy but i was like oh yeah um daylight savings time is super bad for your health because and one hour um it gives you basically jet lag well there's also an increase in heart attacks after there's an increase in auto accidents as well i didn't know about the auto accidents Mm -hmm. i just knew about the heart attacks yep see different statistics from different fields of knowledge so the whole like spring forward and falling back thing you're not you're not i hate it is it true we're not doing it again anymore it hasn't been established i don't think it'd be really nice if that was the last one though but you know this is something that they've been voting on for eons i fucking hate it hate it i concur especially if i take this job where i have to drive back and forth to michigan city i basically lose an hour and for some odd reason this happened to this happens to me every single year i've been a nurse at least that i've been working as a nurse they always put me on night the fallback out of curiosity the job that they offered you when you worked the other unit was mm-hmm. it a day shift when i worked the other unit. remember you were a floater what didn't you tell me you were like float so you worked in other departments where there were low, like didn't have enough nursing staff every so when you work um you often float just in general so, so if you're working but- on a unit mm-hmm. in general there is a likelihood that you might be floated to another unit if there's too many nurses on your unit and, and not, not enough, enough on, on another got it but my question is they you said they offered you a job and would that be a day shift job position no yeah that sucks no do you think that like with brandon's schedule you working nights is better for child care so the new job that he's getting don't you lose my fidget rings the new job that he's getting um he's working he's gonna be working second shift in our 
my mom is going to be watching that'll be boys. nice so she'll watch them from like 7 to 11 uh no the second shift is 3 to 11 man i ordered chewy last night and it just got delivered i ordered it pretty late last night too dude chewy is fucking i love chewy i just want to put that out there chewy you're the best (laughs) they send birthday cards to my cats Aw. they like their customer service is amazing by the way one time i got my cats a toy and it came like broken but it could still be used somewhat so i just donated it they told me keep it and donate it if you if you don't want it and they sent me a brand new one so i donated it to the humane society you know i've been doing a lot of work with them i've been i've been fostering kittens Aw. i have three right now upstairs and i named them after the sandlot characters the two boys are Squints and Yeah Yeah, and the girl's name is Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> and they're so cute. Yeah. I'm going to take you up there to see them after we record this episode. Yeah. Schnoogle them. Oh my god, my, like, thing. Okay. It better. Okay. The, uh, um, the cord for my headphones were caught underneath the chair. Weird. Yeah, that caught sucked. underneath the wheel. I'm, well, that's why I'm sitting there going, <laughs> scooch a boot. It had nothing to do with, you know, fidgeting or anything. Yeah. It just had everything to do with the, my, the fact that uh, my cord was stuck. But yeah, uh, so as far in terms of child care, I mean, honestly, I don't think any real shift is ideal. Because if you work seven to seven, how many daycares are open from seven until seven or yeah. prior to seven until after seven you'd have to have somebody else pick them up yeah yeah the the nursing profession does not cater to women with children which sucks because mm-hmm. it's statistically women. a female job well and it doesn't seem to be helpful for single women Mm-mm. i mean it's great pay don't get me wrong like a single woman in a nursing profession can make a living to support herself and children mm-hmm. however when is she going to see those kids when and also mm-hmm. how is she going to afford also child care and how is she going to arrange it to have it for those 12 hours because places do not open at 7 a.m and they mm-hmm. close well before 7 p.m i think so you would literally have to have somebody to like get the kids up and ready and take them to daycare and then pick them up and like hang out with them i know the daycare across from the hospital i think that they cater towards the hospital crowd have you looked into it no i've always assumed based on the look at it that it's probably way out of my price range but if you work there you probably get some sort of discount maybe i would check into it 100 percent. especially if there's days when your mom can't do what she needs to do well she i mean what's what's your plan for the long term as far as child care goes uh so the long term is that um after six months brandon will be going to a nine to five no um i'm gonna be honest my my husband just got a job he was working the rv factories which are shutting down which is an indicator for how our economy is yeah that's tanking out and um he just took on a position with as a like a not really a correction kind of a corrections officer working in a uh detention center for children 
like a juvenile detention center and the it also our juvenile detention center is also like where they have the courthouse and after six months he would be promoted to the front area job oh cool so it would be he would be out front instead of dealing specifically with inmates in the back so then he would um be working days so that's kind of like the the short term or the long term i guess so i just got an update from secretary cardona about the lawsuits that are preventing the u.s department of education from implementing its one-time student loan debt relief program Mm mm-hmm I submitted my application day one. They said that they're holding my application and it's already been approved. So other people who have filed expect to get an email like this. The email says they've reviewed my application, determined that I'm eligible for loan relief under the plan and they sent the approval on to my loan servicer. So I don't need to take any further action now. Unfortunately, a number of lawsuits have been filed challenging the program, which have blocked our ability to discharge your debt at present. We believe strongly that the lawsuits are meritless and the Department of Justice has appealed on our behalf. Your application is complete and approved, and we will discharge your approved debt if and when we prevail in court. We will update you when there are new developments. So in case anybody is waiting for an update on that, that's what's going on. Um, I know I'm eligible for the full 20000 because I got Pell Grants when I was in school. Mm-hmm. But I don't have 20000 in debt, so I should be student debt free after this if it goes through, which it will be amazing. That's a, I mean, it's a car payment. Mm-hmm. How about you? Did you apply? I didn't get a chance to. I was just waiting until things died down because I knew the site was like kept crashing. And oh, really? I had no problems. Didn't even I bet you could do it in the middle of the night. While you're on shift, but it's frozen now. Yeah, it's, I can't do it now. Well, look into that, because that'll help you a lot, right? Yeah, it'll help. Did you get Pell Grants because you were a single mom? No, no. Was it before you had Macy? Or? Well, so, because I, I had a second degree when I got a nursing degree, and you don't get Pell Grants for that. You don't get Pell Grants for additional deg- uh, degrees? Mm-mm. Did you have student loan debt from the previous degree, mm-hmm. though? Did you get Pell Grants for that? Mm-mm. Oh. My mom made too much money. But now, I am fortunate because my dad never paid child support on my ass. And my mom sued him for child support. Oh, nice. So how much of that do you think Did he go to, to jail mom's? for a back pay? No. He just paid it. He had the money? What a fucking fuck. Why do you think there's so much contention between me and my sister? Because she doesn't understand. Because she also got all this money. Oh. And did, and she told me, oh my god, I'm airing I'm airing the shit. I'm airing the shit out on the podcast. Y'all can see my face right now. <laughs> I'm airing the shit out on the podcast. It's like the cringe emoji. She told me at one point in time, <laughs> she was the, what was it, the executor of his state, mm-hmm. and she would give me any money if she saw fit. Lies. Well, but obviously, a, I wasn't. Just because she's the executor. Obviously, I wasn't in the will. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because just because she's the executor of the estate doesn't necessarily mean that she determines who I gets think, the money. I think more. I think it was more like she was probably the sole heir of yeah, the estate exactly and would decide if she if so she she's felt a greedy that I was. Bitch. Sorry to call her a bitch, <laughs> but that's pretty fucking greedy and wrong. She. It's not the first time she's been called a bitch. Anyway, I know that she's pro. They probably do stalk the podcast 
So I would not be Are you cutting this out? Surprised. At this point I don't care. Yeah. I don't care who knows. My dad didn't have a lot to do with me growing up and he had more to do with my sister. Long story short. Different moms, right? Same mom. Oh, I didn't know that. Same mom. Same same mom, same dad. Oh, okay. My youngest sister has a different dad. Ah, got it. So um Derp. Long story short. He didn't have a lot to do with me. Um, and I reached out to him several times. And, like, at towards the end of my grandmother's life, his his recently. mom, his mom, like, I ended up having more of a relationship with her. So I assumed that maybe he wanted to have a relationship with me. So I'd send him letters and pictures and updates never ever heard anything back from him ever and but my sister claims he always used to ask about me i always used to ask how everything why did he pick up the damn phone um he could have literally he could have called but then again she also goes well you know the street goes both ways well no because he never called when i was a kid either that's not on me so at some point in time i did try to reach out yeah and um i didn't get much of an answer it wasn't my responsibility as a child to have a to relationship to with my it. parents right you don't know all you know is that that person's not contacting you and choosing not to be in your life yeah i could un- and it caused a lot of, it caused a lot of issues well anyway long story short then well i guess this is a long story um november of last year he he had a number of health issues which a lot of his health issues has like inspired me to get healthier because he had diabetes he had heart issues he had that's why you've been working your ass off octuple bypass holy fucking shit i didn't even know that was a thing it is so he had eight different stints put into the valves of his heart uh no bypass he didn't not stints bypass oh shit Mm -hmm. explain it's where you have um additional like they basically take veins from other or uh, veins from other parts of your body or cadavers yeah other parts of your body and put it into your heart to bypass clogged oh okay so it goes through those replacement arteries versus going through the arteries that are clogged yes or like i see i see but isn't there still like risk to leaving those arteries in there that are clogged like can it cause like embolisms i i don't know any because i don't know if they keep it in there or not i've just seen one i saw one i went to the cadaver lab when i was in nursing school and i saw saw what a that's my past dark humor like. so cool i swear to god i would be a mortician if i could be it is pretty cool that's a lot but of schooling yeah right? i saw a um i saw i saw what the heart like it's pretty fucking gnarly yeah but um like really weird to look at because you see all these like extra yeah things connected to them but yeah, so he had a lot of health issues. Long story short, half his heart was dead. Um, like necrotic or like, like just that's from just, the heart attack. I see. That's crazy. So, 
Yeah, so then he passed away um, and basically caused a humongous rift between me and my sister. Aw, I'm really sorry about that. So, yeah, I literally just aired it out on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And she got really mad at me because I did talk about it a little bit on TikTok out of, like, frustration. Granted, I didn't have a lot of followers at the time. I just, out of frustration, talked about it. If she doesn't want people to hear about it, it means that there's an ounce of, like, guilt or shame. If she didn't think she did anything wrong, she wouldn't have a problem Oh, well, you know, she thinks that I could always have picked up the phone and... Two-way fucking street. Well, like I said... And and if you're under the age of, like, 15, it's a one-way fucking street. It's on your As a child, it was not my responsibility to have a relationship with him. And do you not think that not him not having a relationship with me all those years wouldn't have affected me, making me not want to have a relationship? Because it made me feel like I wasn't wanted. You never bonded with him in any no. capacity. But I did try a couple times. I sent him. Oh, you're gonna make me pictures. cry, Courtney. <laughs> it's okay. Oh I'm my sorry. god, no! It's so I'm sad. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't just because like I could not imagine like my life without my dad. He's like my dad yeah i love him we've always been very close you know so yeah it's it's it was a whole thing all last year was a whole thing do you think your relationship with your mom is stronger as a result of that probably and i know that there was like uh, my mom got blamed in all of this and honestly i i wonder we wonder what was said by him to her to make her view things differently because my mom was like she was there when the divorce was happening between her and my dad she she knew what was going on how does she have a different perspective of their divorce yeah i don't know i don't know either way at this point i don't think i don't remember the last time i talked to my sister i think it was probably november of last year i don't even know so like i said i'll probably get some angry text message from my niece (laughs) (laughs) or nephew or somebody somebody (laughs) will angrily text message me and at that point um all i have to say is go ahead angrily text message me and i'll just block it at this point yeah i've hit a point where if nobody wants to apologize for not seeing how somebody not having a relationship with somebody could permanently affect them i don't i don't know what to tell you yeah something here you go oh my god we're all just a beeping and a booping that's weird it's a text message from my no i'm just kidding wouldn't that be hilarious oh my god her ears and it must have been burn itching burning what are they saying <laughs> she was listening <laughs> She's just like, why are you talking shit? Tell. Why are you be talking shit? Tell. Anyway. My hand is itching. So a 23-minute <laughs> spiel about my dad. That's all right. Sorry, people that was, like to get to know us. Like, we're people. We have people things going on. That was really this podcast is mostly about true crime, but yeah. it's also us, you know? Talking. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's talk <laughs> about the real person here, which is... Gerard Schaefer. Yeah, before we get started, if y'all could just subscribe, follow, like, or share. Make it so that, you know, our new episodes automatically download for you. 
go ahead and leave us a review that'd be great five stars peeps five stars yes uh before we get into it we could do a break yes let's let's <laughs> anyway, so let's just start on Gerard Schaefer. I'm going to warn you guys, I think I said in our last episode that another big podcast did this, did this guy. Um, I did not listen to it. I purposefully did not listen to that episode because I didn't want anybody to sit there and be like, you ripped off such and such. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. That, like, one case is covered by one pod and yeah. then shortly after another. Like, um, we, I did uh, The Man That Killed Halloween. Yeah. And then Murd Nerds, who just happens to be another local Indiana pod. Mm-hmm. They did it. Like, they, she literally messaged me the day we released it and said that they had re- recorded it and that was their next one. So, I mean, That's it funny. just happens, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't listen to it just because of the fact that I didn't want anybody to be like, you ripped it off or, um, my, my way that I was going to do it, I didn't want it to be tainted by somebody else, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So, let's just jump into it. All right. Womp, womp. So, on July 21st, 1972... Deputy Sheriff Gerard Schaefer picked up two teenage girls who were hitchhiking while on patrol for the Mountain Martins County Sheriff. Of course he's a fucking cop. Yes. Uh, using his authority, he convinced the girls hitchhiking was... He convinced that the, girl, the girls that were hitchhiking that hitchhiking was illegal, which it is not. It, it is now, isn't it? Well, at the time, it was not. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, he took them to a halfway house that they were living in at the time and then promised them that the next day he would take them from the halfway house to the beach. Oh, but will he? (laughs) Good question. So when he went to go take them to the beach, he didn't take them to the beach. Instead, surprise, surprise. (laughs) He abducted them, took them to a remote woods where he tied them to a tree. To a remote woods? Remote woods. Oh, okay. It's kind of like I a swamp. you said aroma woods. Aroma woods? <laughs> it's like, is that the name of the forest? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kind of more like a swamp. It's okay. Florida. Oh, We're in okay. Florida here. Okay. Woods are swamps. <laughs> Wetlands. <laughs> Wetlands. Um, he tied them to a tree at gunpoint. He put a noose around their neck and I guess like had them stand on the like root. He was lynching them? N- not completely, but kind of. But had them stand on the root of these trees. But so if they would have like misstepped, yeah, they would have been torture. Yeah, they would have been hanged. Holy shit. Um, and then basically was just gonna torture them have fun with them 
in his fucked up way. Um, so just afterwards, he got a call on his police radio, causing him to leave to go answer it. Did he leave them hanging there? Like, chilling out? Yeah. Yeah. He left like them there. Like, trying to balance on their toes on the root of a tree so that they don't slip and fall well, and Well, also, themselves. like, tied to a tree, yes. Oh, yes. my God. So he left them there. Um, after he came back... 17-year-old Pamela Wells and 18-year-old Nancy Trotter had broken free and ran to a local police station, which ironically was his police station. Schaefer, like, flipped out, called his boss, Sheriff Crowder, and said, I've done something foolish. You're going to be mad at me. No shit, Sherlock. He alleged... That he was just trying to teach them a lesson about hitchhiking and gotten, like, a little bit out of control in doing so. Um, but... Now they don't trust cops anymore either, sir. Not... No, that's no... Anyway, that didn't go down that's too well. That's what he said? Yeah. Tried to teach them a lesson about hitchhiking. Yeah. That Boss, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> um, that didn't go down too well. He was immediately fired. And then was charged with unlawful imprisonment and aggravated Hell assault. Hell yeah. I'm glad they fucking charged his ass. He was arrested. But Good. he was released on a $15,000 bond. That is a very small bond. Schaefer's trial was in November of 1972. Um, just he, for that. Just for this. The two girls. Yeah. Two girls? Oh, there's, there's oh, so Oh, I'm sure that's more. not the entire story. <laughs> he pled guilty to one of the assaults so and then the others were going to be dropped uh he was sentenced to one year in prison and three years probation but it was later discovered that pamela and nancy were not his first or his last victims poor pamela and nancy dude that's the most fucked up though (laughs) Like, I'm just trying to think of, like, how tired you would get trying to balance on your tiptoes on a fucking tree root so you don't die. I'll get, I'll get into this. Because <laughs> I want to I tell you more, but... It's coming. It's coming. Okay. Okay. I'm asking good questions. That's what it means. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, Gerard Schaefer was born in Wisconsin on... March twenty fifth from the Midwest. Yeah, March twenty fifth, nineteen forty six. He was the first of three. Of course, he's a fucking Aries. <laughs> Aren't they kind of interesting people? Aries. Yeah. Yeah. Am I interesting? Oh, like born born leaders, basically. Like there was somebody recently on TikTok that like was listed. Uh, who are more likely to be serial killers based on your uh, zodiac? It's not Aries. It's like Scorpio or Gemini. I think it's Gemini. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and that's based on looking at, like, people who are actually serial Statistics, killers. Statistics, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, he was the first of three kids born to Gerald and Doris Schaefer. Ger- Gerard. Sorry. Gerard and Doris so Schaefer. So, he's a junior? So, he's technically a junior. Junior! During During interviews, (laughs) Gerard had poor things to say about his family. He described his family um, as turbulent and 
conflictual and described himself as an illegitimate child, a product of a hasty shotgun wedding. Is he? I, I you bastard. Probably. He is a bastard for sure. I would like, assume. is he a bastard? <laughs> I mean, if he's saying it, he's probably might be true. I don't know. Might be. Take everything anybody says that's a serial killer with a grain of salt. Do you want me to turn the space heater on? On our feet? You can. Here. Sounds good. We've gotten all high tech. We got a space heater by our feet. I had this when we started, remember? I don't remember this. It's Uh, almost a year. February? Oh, yeah. When is it? February? I don't know. That's right. Okay. Anyway. Um, he had particularly poor things to say about his father, who was a traveling salesman. <laughs> Why? Why why is it salesman? I don't know. Um, anyway, um, due to due to this, the fact that he was a traveling salesman, Gerard Sr. was absent often, but when he was home he was alcoholic and abusive makes a lot of sense let mm-hmm. me guess he has a head injury at some point too i <laughs> i didn't read anything about that i'm sure his dad knocked him over the head a couple i'm times. sure uh gerard did direct his uh gerard senior did direct his rage at gerard and his younger brother but his sister was favored by senior and gerard well, on the favored other favored in what capacity uh, apparently she was not abused physically physically violently was she sexually abused i had not seen anything like that it, it could be a possibility i tried to look up some interviews with like family members or um like gerard has two wives which we'll get into i tried to find like bigamy or polygamy i mean no he's like he divorced bigotry bigamy he had one polygamy? and then he divorced Oh, okay. Anyway. They, I tried to look up some stuff to see what uh, what I could find. Yeah. And it was, like, hard to find too much. Yeah. As far as interviews, maybe they just didn't want to, like, be part of it. Yeah. Um, he was closest with his mother. I will say that. And she was a homemaker. They all were. Um, Gerard was uh, raised in Tennessee and Georgia, but their family settled in Fort Lauderdale when he was in high school. So this was about 1960 when this happened. By this time, Gerard was displaying a lot of red flag behavior. A former classmate describes how he was like a peeping Tom. So he'd like look up the skirts of girls in class. Fucking scum. Um, like more on the sketchier side as to like to what level he actually did this or not we're not 100% sure but there were like they talked about how Schaefer was a cross dresser he claims during interviews that he just like made that up um so he wouldn't go to vietnam but then he also like goes on to explain that he wanted to be like a girl like his sister so his yeah so his dad wouldn't do what he did to him because she was more favored 
Um, she, he also talks about how, um, his father, like, viewed him as a failure, and he felt like a failure, hence the reason why he just wanted to be more like his sister. Um, more disturb, even more disturbing, Schaefer started to develop fantasies of sadomasochism, where it, which began when he was like as young as 12. Um, he derived pleasure from self-inflicting pain. He would often tie himself to trees. I don't know how he were, managed to tie himself to a damn tree on that his own. Must have been a really little tree. Um, <laughs> and he would do this in rural uh, locations. He also started to achieve orgasm through auto-erotic asphyxia. And then he also had fantasies of dying or being killed. Who was that that died? David Carradine? Is that who killed, like, died via auto-erotic asphyxiation at a hotel in Japan or something? Maybe. I think so. Happens more often than you think, people. It just gets covered up because it's embarrassing. Yeah. So... They'd rather say you hung yourself than accidentally suffocated to death mm-hmm. trying to masturbate. Yeah. Uh, Schaefer attempted to get help in 1966. He sought off, sat out a psychiatrist to seek relief from his sexual deviances and homicidal fantasies. He also claimed that he was hearing like voices telling him to kill him to kill people. Wow. But very son of Sam. Yeah, um, like, obviously this did not help. Mm-hmm. This did not work. Okay, they did, they debunked that. Well, theory. I mean, no, I mean, like, the psychiatrist obviously didn't help him at all. Because uh-huh. he went on to do some horrible things. Yeah. Talk therapy wasn't really what he needed. Yeah. Um, so as far as, like, his romantic relationships. I did read that he had some girlfriends in high school. One of them becomes interesting later on. But like as I did say, he married twice. He was married from 1968 to 1970 to Martha Fogg. They divorced and she said that the reason for the divorce was because he was extremely cruel. And then he later remarried to... This is actually reminding me a lot of Gary Heidnick. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who dug the holes in yeah. his basement. Um, he eventually did remarry. And he married, I believe, a Teresa Dean in 1971. So not long after he divorced his first wife. As far as his career goals and aspirations, you're going to find that he's really driven towards careers of authority. So, of course he is. He he was a cop, but he was fired. So what next? He obtained a associate's degree in business administration in 1967. Okay. Um, He later went on to go to Florida Atlantic University where he wanted to be a teacher. 
of children. He wanted to instill his... <laughs> I can't say this without laughing. He wanted to instill American values in young minds. But he was dropped twice from the student-teacher programs uh, because he was trying to impose his morals and political values on his students. Um, his supervisor... <laughs> I don't know why, but this just reminds me of the episode of um, Parks and Rec where the students are touring the county city building and Ron Swanson like takes one of the girls aside and is teaching her all about his like political views and shit and then he gives her a fucking like um like a a bomb that's been like deep commissioned or whatever like they took the explosives out of it he gets in trouble for that and i don't know why but this (laughs) is reminding me of ron swanson teaching the girl this well the supervisor of his program basically told him that he better never pursue a career with authority over others, or otherwise he would attempt to prevent that from happening. That's over it. my dead body, if he that's said. any indication. And, and and Gerard was like, "No problem, bitch. <laughs> Don't hold hold on to your hat on that one." <laughs> um, he also, it's, um, I'm pretty sure this actually came before the teaching stuff but he attempted to enter the priesthood i shit you the fuck gary not. heidnick dude this is G- gerard schaefer and gary heidnick were like bff twin souls <laughs> holy shit um but he was turned away from the saint john seminary because they believed he didn't have enough faith as a result of this he ended up leaving the catholic church told you so he he's denounced the religion that he wanted to be a fu- like a priest for and he didn't have enough faith i mean were they wrong i mean they i don't know about his faith but they weren't wrong to get the fuck out of there well i mean if you're willing to leave a church because they won't accept you as a priest that's probably another indication that you don't have faith. But either way, I don't think he had a lot of things. <laughs> that's beside A working point. brain cell, you mean? <laughs> so as I said, like, I, when I tell you he pursued jobs of authority, I was not fucking kidding. No. Priest and teacher. Yeah. And then went into law enforcement. So he actually met. Teresa Dean, the woman that he remarried while he was while she was working as a secretary and he was working in like the same uh, facility as a security guard. That's how they met. Wow. And he was wanting to pursue a career in law enforcement at that point. Again? Like no, that was before. This was before okay, all it. of that. We're only in 1971. Oh shit. So he began working as a police officer at the Walton um, Manor's Police Department, which was a small police department, um, despite the fact that he failed a psych test. This is so funny, because did you know that Ed Kemper, like, wanted to be a cop, and he, like, tested really well on everything, but they couldn't make him a cop because he was too big for his uniforms? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I just keep relating this guy back to other serial killers. Well, he's not much different. Anyway. 
So in March of 1971, he earned um, commendation for his role in a drug bust, but was fired one month later in April 1972. I don't know if I said March of 1972, but anyway, March of 1972, he got his commendation for a drug bust. And one month later, he was fired. Because he was looking up personal information on female traffic offenders and was asking them out on dates. Why do I feel like that's something that's, like, widely done? Probably. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But, and then, like, just think of this as as well. All the while he's doing this, and he's also married. (laughs) Like... Anyway, I mean, like, that's not the worst thing he did here, but, you know, y'all get it. Men are, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to be a serial killer, at least be, you know, dedicated to your wife. (laughs) (laughs) This is a whole, it shouldn't be funny, but. Can't there be one good thing about you? Yeah, this is a whole, it shouldn't be funny, but you're trying to, like, wrap your head around how people can be such awful. Anyway, so. He was fired in April, and then he began working at the Mountain, Martins County Sheriff Department in June of 1972. So that wasn't very long between jobs. And apparently no. the Sheriff's Department and didn't care that he was fired from... Apparently not, and... My guess is they did no background check. <laughs> this was not long before he didn't... He started working there about a month before he ended up abducting two girls. Those are the two girls that he tied to the tree. Yeah. <laughs> so. Abuse of power. Let's go back. Let's go back now. Let's go back Tarantino-ing to the beginning. Are we it again? Well, now we're going back to the beginning of the story. Where I talk about the two girls that had just escaped. Yeah. Tarantino it. So, he posted bail. 15 grand. The 15 grand. Was the $15,000 bail or $15,000 bond? It was bail, I believe. Okay. Because he had because a bond is like ten percent of bail typically, so that would have meant that it was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar bond bail. Everything I read was bail. Okay. Anyway, um, so we're going back. So, two months after posting bail, on September twenty seventh, he picked up two more girls. Seventeen year old Susan Place, and sixteen year old. Georgia Jessup. Wait, he wasn't fired from the county after he, he was fired. So he was fired on the spot after the first incident. Okay. He went to jail. He posted the bail. Got it. He's, Got it. Sorry. He's out. Okay. Okay. I was distracted by Larry the llama. No, it's okay. I had to like at some point in time I had to draw a timeline because I wasn't understanding how some of this timeline worked. Yeah. But don't forget. So we're going back. So two months after he posts bail, on September 27th, he picks up two more girls. Okay. Okay. All right. And let's take a break. Oh, shit. (laughs) And we'll be back after this. Yep.
Hello. Hi. Hi. Okay. So we're back. And two more girls. Two more girls. He picks up two girls. Susan Place, 17-year-old Susan Place, and 16-year-old Georgia Jessup. Ooh, I love the name Georgia. I know. It wasn't a great name. So he had met these two girls at an adult education center in Fort Lauderdale. He was posing as a man named Jerry Shepard. He talked about how he's like from Colorado and he talked about music and really like earned their trust and on the night of September uh, 27th he went over to Susan's house it was like eight something at night and Susan told her mom that they were going to go to the beach and like play guitar does she know how old this fucking guy is she knew that she was like in, that he was like in his 20s he assured susan's mom oh she met him yeah he is she assured or he assured susan's mom he had good intentions like nothing bad nothing bad. i mean this is like a 17 year old girl <laughs> he had good intentions right um. so despite her feelings about the whole situation they left and she never came back. And the two yeah. of them never came back. I bet. But she felt guilty every day for the rest of her life for that. Yeah. So Susan's mom contacts um, Georgia's mom. And that's when they found out that Georgia never came back either. Jesus. So Susan's mom, Lucille, reports this to the police department, reports them missing, reports... To the police department, uh, the car, the license plate, and the description of the man. Um, he was driving a green-blue, um, I think it's a Datsun. Datsun? Datsun. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So at this point, they're missing. Yeah. He's out on bail. Okay. So he's in violation of parole. <laughs> Right. So he. Or bail or whatever. So then he, to explain the timeline even further, so he then goes and starts trial in November. Okay. He was. did his plea and they gave him his sentence on December 22nd, 1972. But they told him that he could go out the do the whole holidays and come back after the holidays what and then start serving his sentence that's so he had to come back on january 15th 1973 and that was when he started his sentence oh it's cool you can spend the holidays at home we'll start this after yeah what but nobody knew at this point violent crime yeah no nobody knew at this point that, that he, had these other he already abducted other people. So, so we're up later, to five right now. Oh, we're we got a lot. But so far, you've told us about five, two, four, four, four. There's four. Okay. So, um, anyway, they did later find um, Susan in Georgia. In a remote area of Hutchinson Island. 
on April 1st, 1973. So he was already in jail at this point. In March of 1973, they began to get suspicious that it was him because they had car license plate and they were able to like trace it back. Mm -hmm. Initially, they were going after another guy named um, Jerry Shepard who had a similar car, but he had a solid alibi for the day that these two girls went missing. So look elsewhere, my So that's when they traced back the license plate and found him. And then he matched the description of the guy the guy that picked them up okay so they were already like sniffing sniffing him thinking Mm -hmm. that he had something to do with this well when they found him they had found that they had found him they realized that he had been they had been tied to a tree butchered and then shot um so given the similarities of the crimes the car, the location, and the description, they were able to get a search warrant of Schaefer's mom's home, which is where he was living with his wife. With his wife. Prior to him going so to jail. So he lives with his mother and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> that would be annoying. Anyway. That's when they found all this shit. They found... In the house. Yeah. They found disturbing stories discussing graphic, in graphic detail, murder, mutilation, murder. Like written by him. Yeah. Written by him. Stories written by him discussing mutilation, murder, and necrophilia. Jesus. They also found newspaper clippings about missing women dating back to 1969. They found IDs belonging to various different women jewelry oh god trophies all the yeah. trophies teeth bones when they uh, asked him about it okay, he was like again? yeah he like when they asked him about it he gave like some I'm the bullshit fucking story like oh well my friends gave me like my friend gave me some of this stuff and then they're like where did you get the the teeth and he made up some bullshit story like i can't even remember where where like a dentist i want to say they whatever it was like a stupid ass story that i was like giggled and then moved on with my life because i was like you couldn't have come up with something better yeah but then again like you have that much shit in your house like what else can you say yeah like either way you have no defense at this point well who are you gonna say it's your mom's your like elderly mother it was her it was her nasty story further take this even further while he was on bail they found the id and passport of two women that went missing in january in early january 1973 i think it was january 8th jeez so he had done this like well before no this was like right before he went to to jail yeah so they found um, the ID and passport of Colette Marie Goodenough and Marie or Barbara Ann Wilcox. They disappeared while they were hitchhiking from Sioux Falls to Florida. And apparently he had also made some calls to Sioux Falls in like before he went to Where jail. Where did they as find well. them? Hanging from a tree somewhere? Well, they found 
their IDs and their passport. Oh, but not the women. But okay. not the women. But they had gone missing. Um, but they were later found in 1977. Their bodies. Okay. There was no official cause of death that they could... There was no official cause of death. But it was kind of like one of those situations with, like, Kaylee Anthony, where they found her with tape on her face, and you can kind of surmise that she was murdered. So, yeah. They found them. There was no official cause of death, but they were found bound together with baling wire close to a large tree. What's baling wire? Oh, like hay bales. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, there so was they also probably were hung. Yeah. There were also impressions left on the tree, which suggested that the victims had been suspended from mm-hmm. the tree. Mm-hmm. He lynched them. Yeah. Um, so in total, in the house, they found enough jewelry, teeth, clothing, diaries, passports, and IDs to connect them to 30 disappearances. Oh, shit. But Schaefer was only ever tried for Susan Place and Georgia Jessup. And that's because, and he ended up getting found guilty and getting a life sentence. Life and with the possibility of I don't think it was, out. there was a possibility. Oh. Um, they said his wife only ever visited him once while she was, he was, was in jail. Was it to give him divorce papers? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> I need you to sign this, bitch. Um, I said for better or worse, not for better or in prison for the rest of your life. Right. So, Schaefer, once he got to jail... <laughs> continued his extremely graphic writings graphic morbid writings one story was about a rogue cop who moonlit as a serial killer so himself basically <laughs> i think i think in that version though they were killing prostitute prostitutes not uncommon but he probably did start out that way and then moved to hitchhikers cuz they're easy fucking targets well some of the victims were quite interesting so because i have i wrote the list of possible like to hear about the victims i like to hear about like you know fuck the serial killer yeah no because i did like write down there's tons of them there's tons of them these are just the ones that they were able to connect back to him because of what they found okay okay so anyway he had a bunch of graphic writings did graphic writings while he was in prison he befriended Ted Bundy and Otis Toole while he was in prison why doesn't that surprise me um but he wasn't a popular person though he ran a bunch of mail fraud schemes from prison where he would pretend to be a 14 year old girl promising nudes for money he also was sending mail to convicts, pretending to be women, promising, like, romantic relationships, which led a lot of these people to confess to a lot of different crimes, and then he then tipped it off to the police. So he was, like, he was really not popular, as you can imagine. Yeah. So he filed 19 different appeals, because he always claimed that he was innocent but then would go and brag in prison about how he'd killed a bunch of females because he's 
obviously stupid. Well, and that's also how you, like, gain clout in prison. Like, mm-hmm. So anyway, as I said, an ex-girlfriend does show up. Her name is Sandra London, and she's an ex-girlfriend from high school. So in conjunction with Schaefer, they published his short stories in a book called Killer Fiction, which was published in 1989. Um, And then they were briefly engaged... (laughs) in 1991 but she left him from Danny Rowling <laughs> she's got some killer taste in men <laughs> she should write a book about that like it probably would sell so well well so then she republished it's like the lady who married Charles Manson and then he found out that she was just trying to like make plans to profit off of his death by putting him on display and like touring him around the country did you hear about that no yeah holy shit he didn't divorce her though jesus she didn't do that after he died i don't think though hmm anyway so she did republish that uh the book killer fiction in 1997 with additional text about her experiences with schaefer so she kind of like told a little bit of her story but once again the texts were like or the book was about his like short stories and like poems and basically talking about murdering women dude he's like one track mind god he's 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 fucked up like once you read or hear about some of his victims it just gets more and more fucked up yeah um he was killed on december 3rd 1995 by vincent rivera who was serving time for a double murder of his own. <laughs> um, How was he killed? Just stabbed him? Or? Stabbed him like 40 sometimes. Hell yeah. Um, I hope that he laid there and bled out too. Like I hope that's how he died was exsanguination. Well, so he felt every single fucking stab and like didn't immediately die. He probably enjoyed it. Remember? He enjoyed that kind of shit. Ugh. He thought about it. He'd get off to it. Like, this was probably, like, a dream come true. (laughs) I still think that... I hope he suffered. Oh, I hope he did, too. But, like I said, I feel like he probably enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Sandra, the ex-girlfriend slash ex-fiance, said that the argument that resulted in his death was over a coffee mug. Although, it's been... (laughs) Right? But it's been suggested... The things that become important in prison. <laughs> yeah, fucking coffee mug. Um, but it's been suggested that... Did it say world's greatest dad on it or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> That's just ironic. <laughs> Number one husband! <laughs> oh, man. World's best serial killer. Anyway, scumbag. Um, but it had been suggested that it may have had more to do with like money that was owed, or because he was like informing police on other inmates. Oh, I don't know. I think it's fucked up that Sandra, like, was still so fucking involved that she knew it was about a fucking coffee mug. I don't know. Like, sweetheart, what's wrong with you? 
that was my fucking coffee mug. So, as I said, I did write down a lot of his victims or possible victims. Um, so the known victims are Pamela Wells and Nancy Trotter, which are the two that escaped, and then Susan Place and Georgia Jessup. Those are the ones that we know. Mm-hmm. The possibles start back in 1966. So a lot later, earlier than we thought. Yeah. When he was seeking help from a psychiatrist. It's like, it's like Ed Kemper showing up to parole with somebody's fucking head in his trunk. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're like, yep, you're, cur- you're cured. This is your last day. You're released from parole. <laughs> so the first one is Nancy Leitner, who was 21, and Pamela Nader. They both went missing on October 2nd, 1966. Were they together? I believe it was a together. Like hitchhiking or something? Mm-hmm. What I had seen was that um, it was believed that he liked them together so he could, like... Make one watch. Or, you know, which one of you are, am I going to kill first kind yeah. of situation. Um, then there was Lee Bondi's Hein... Or I would feel really bad saying these names. Hain... Hainline, who was 25. I'm sure it's not Hanaline. Could be. I don't think it's Hanaline. No. I think it's Hainline. She was 25 and she went missing on September 8th, 1969. She was a childhood friend of his. Aww. hmm. That's so sad. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't like this guy very much, guys. Oh. There's Carmen Marie Halleck. 22. She went missing on December 18th, 1969. She was a girlfriend and she had clippings from like, like all her missing story. stuff. Oh shit. Do you think he was on to him? I don't know. I don't know. Wait, she had clippings? No, or? he had clippings. Oh, I thought you said she had clippings of like the no. other missing women. He had clippings from of her, her disappearance. Okay. Like the newspaper articles and shit. Mm-hmm. There was Peggy Ran, who was nine. She's only nine? Is she the youngest victim? No. What? Wendy Stevenson, who was eight. They both went missing on December 29th, 1970. Together. He confessed and claims in a letter that he ate them like Albert Fish. if you know anything about that he's gross have you read the letter that he wrote to the mom um, about I've, her rump and how tasty her butt but were yeah i've heard it fucking gross never dude. read it personally i've just heard it it's awful just, albert fish is not somebody to aspire to be no. that's for fucking sure well he obviously had an obsession with other serial killers if yeah. he's befriending other truly. serial killers truly um he's like proud to be amongst the ranks of them you know a lot of people say he's worse than a lot of them there's belinda hutchins 22 she went missing on december 5th 1972 she also dated him there was deborah sue low who was 13 she went missing on february 29th 
1972. Elsie uh, Farmer, 14, and Mary uh, Briscolina, who was also 14, missing on October 23rd, 1972. So they went missing together. So many. Then Jeez. there was um, Barbara Wilcox, 19, and then Colette Marie Good Good Enough, who was also 19. And then they were the ones that went missing on January 8th, 1973. Mm-hmm. When he was on bail, out mm-hmm. on bail. Then there's another one that's like a most recent that's been suspected and he is that they are further investigating this like they are actually looking into this there was a Jane Doe who was ID'd on June 3rd 2022 she went missing on June 16th um no sorry she went missing in early December 1972 is this the lady of the dunes case no she was the one I don't know she was she was just found in a swamp and she was like a Jane Doe for years. Okay. Um, but she went missing in early December 1972 around the time that he was like active. The yeah, this where Susan and Georgia and then um Barbara and then um Colette, like all of them in that time frame that he was on bail. Mm-hmm. Um she went missing around that time. Um she was found tied up in a mangrove swamp with wire with haywire just wire just the wire um but she was a jane doe for a while and they identified her this year um apparently they had all of her um dude yay science yeah they had her dna in a codex and then there was um a lab in texas that is a parabon i don't I don't remember. They're the big ones who do, like, the genetic genealogy or the forensic genealogy. I'd have to look, honestly. Parabon's badass, dude. I know there's other organizations that do it, but they're the ones that you hear of the most. Like, they're the ones that caught Golden State Killer. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they are. Um, I know that they were working on, like, the genealogy thing, and it kind of tipped to the mother and the sisters, the mother of this girl, her name is Susan Gale Poole, and she went missing when she was 15. Um, her mother is 90 and still She's alive. She's still alive? Yeah. And they Could you fucking imagine? She literally was waiting for them to find her daughter so she could die now. Um, but they took DNA from mom and confirmed that it was daughter. That's crackers. But she went missing right before Christmas. Um... And they never knew what happened to her. They just knew that, like, some of her possessions were left at an apartment of her friend. And they never knew if she left on her own accord or if she left, like, you know, not on her own accord. Yeah. Um, Turns out not. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but they are actively investigating whether or not. That's so cool. This was his. Because... Because of the fact that where she was found and because of the fact that, like, she um, was tied to a tree, it was around the time that he was doing all this stuff, very close to where he, would like, did his thing. Yeah. They think that she probably was one of his victims as well. Yeah. What's the, dude, what's the name of that? Is it 123 and Me or something like that? 
where you can like send your saliva in and they'll like 23 and me 23 and me yeah yeah they'll, and they'll like tell you your family chart or whatever or like what yeah those those kind of websites ended up changing the face of forensic science mm-hmm. it's crazy so it's fucked up and then like some of the things <laughs> what drew me to this whole entire case was I had seen something talk or something on TikTok about the devil's tree. That's the hanging tree, right? That's the tree where he killed Susan and Georgia. Mm-hmm. So he had taken them to I have it written down. Hammond Oak Hammond Park in Port St. Lucie. That's in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like the tree where it happened is supposedly now it's all like a supernatural story are there like are there shoes hanging from it like a bunch of shoes i don't think there's two devil's trees oh okay but florida devil there's a florida devil's tree i don't know too much about the other devil's tree okay but you might be thinking of course it's in florida fucking crazies but apparently like there's a lot of lore behind it because They've said that they've tried to cut down the tree and it like when they tried to cut it down the um uh what am I thinking the chainsaw broke um there's been stories of people out there doing like satanic rituals and out there in hoods and like um supposedly if you go out there you can hear women screaming I mean but it's a swamp so I mean what kind of animals are out there possibly making screaming sounds but that's what drew me to this case was the devil's tree that's crazy yeah that's how so i spooky really found out about it in jupiter too bad it's not in jupiter florida everything crazy happens in jupiter florida i've heard that <laughs> but but it's in port that's outside of port and st Lucie, which i know somebody well, who used to live there actually yeah so that's what drew me to it that it was interesting and then yeah. found out there's way more like i said there's way more that are suspected but those are the ones that they really were able to kind of start proof tying together because yeah. of the fact that they found a bunch of their possessions yeah he had trophies mm-hmm. wow that's crazy man Mhm. those poor people those there's poor also women. stories that he like supposedly of necrophilia like he'd go back and dig them up uh, ew N- no and I, th- I mean a lot of serial killers like to revisit like the murder site or the bi- the site where they disposed of the body I but I think a lot of that kind of came so- from his stories okay if I remember correctly but and a lot Doesn't of people think not his true stories, where to get the ideas yeah from. a lot of people think his stories came from reality reality woof we should get a story and read it. I had looked. Are they published anywhere? Yeah, in that book of killer fiction. I just don't know how I feel supporting the book. No, that's what I'm saying. And I would only do it if it was free. Yeah. When the ex girlfriend is jumping from serial killer to serial killer. She's a serial killer fucker. Dude, it's weird. She's a. A SK groupie. Yeah, that's like so weird. I just, I just think that people that do that are so fucking 
There's something seriously, seriously, like, intrinsically wrong with somebody who falls in love and marries, like, a serial killer who is in prison for the rest of their lives. Like, intrinsically. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the whole... It's fucked up. Yeah. But there's people that are just super into that, and... As we've talked about in the last episode about Jeffrey Dahmer and people, like, going bananas over Jeffrey Dahmer recently. Yeah, let's not romanticize serial killers. Let's not say serial killers are hot or attractive. Like, let's stop doing that as a society, please. Well, so... I know you're talking about... You were talking specifically about Evan Peters. Yeah. The actor. Not yeah. Oh, not Jeffrey Dahmer, the person. No, he was really making me gross, like giving me the icks as I was watching. It's hard to take. It's like a train wreck. It's like you, like it's awful and terrible, but Mm -hmm. you can't look away. Yeah. So it was just really well done. I like uh, applause to Ryan Murphy, but again, I feel like he drug it out Mm -hmm. way further than it needed to be. Well, did you see the fucking weird ass TikTok where like? the girl was like i wish they had gotten into greater depth he did he did crazier shit and then there was like another tiktok where she was like i love jeffrey dahmer Gross. and people were like and then she explained you have so many problems she explained and then went on further to like like elaborated as to like why she loves him and then almost like apologize for the things that he did like well he did this because you know he he wanted to eat his victims because he didn't want his victims to you know leave him because he has abandonment issues so this is the one thing that i will say about jeffrey dahmer there are very few serial killers that i feel bad for i feel bad for him as a child Mm-hmm. Not as what he, not for what he became, but his parents did abandon him. Mm-hmm. He was alone. He resorted to drinking. He had no parental su- supervision, mm-hmm. and his first kill was literally like this hitchhiker, and he just didn't want them to leave because he didn't want to be lonely again. Yeah, and that is sad. That is very sad. I think, like. I saw this case of nurture versus nature. I think it was very much nurture in his instance. I I think this goes... So, I said this in a TikTok, and I just... It was, like, brief. I didn't elaborate too much into it. Like, the, the Jeffrey Dahmer docuseries could have sparked a good conversation about not... Because everybody was so focused on he's so hot and evan peters and blah 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 and romanticizing the whole thing it could have sparked a excellent conversation about how there are people that go through what jeffrey dahmer did and didn't turn into jeffrey dahmer yeah but jeffrey dahmer did yeah so what was it that was different and is there anything that we can do to intervene no the the thing that was different is that he was just wired differently yeah but it it makes it makes like a number one a good conversation number two is there something that we can identify i think it's just a perfect storm of circumstance you know that turns you into something like that like it's something that's like naturally like in you and then outside factors 
that influence you. Yeah. And it's the combination of those two things that make you do those things, you know? But I think it could have... That's why we see frontal lobe damage in so many different... But it could have, like I said, it could have all sparked an interesting conversation to be had about that. Yeah. But people were so fucking focused on... Yeah. Oh, he's so hot. Yeah, I agree. Look at his muscles. Guess what? Jeffrey Dahmer wouldn't have picked you. You were a female. Yeah, I know. You're not his type. And you're white. Yeah. Like, sweetheart, he's not... Really not his type. He's not picking you. Don't be the pick-me girl. Because you're not being picked. Also, it ain't worth it. No. And you don't want to be picked, sweetie. (laughs) I did actually feel really bad for the deaf kid. Because I really think that that could have worked out to be a good relationship. I heard that it wasn't, like, according to his mom, it wasn't even like that. Like, it was very... That they really drew it out to make him more human. The... Jeffrey Dahmer. Maybe, but how much did she really know? That's a good question. Yeah. Like, how much did she know? I don't know. None of his friends said anything like that. But it also was very short-lived. Like, it was a couple weekends. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was a very long relationship. But I do think that it could have been if he wasn't so worried about that moment and him leaving in that moment and stopping him from leaving in that moment instead of focusing on the next time that he'll see him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm sad it's all very sad mm-hmm. all right so anyway well <laughs> Gerard Schaefer's a piece of shit that's the moral of that story oh yeah that was let me tell you when I first jumped into it I was not expecting it to be as deep and dark and yeah so many so many people yeah but they said that uh like I think it was, like, somebody from the FBI said that Gerard Schaefer makes Ted Bunny look like child's play. I believe it. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that we know the extent of the number of victims of Ted Bundy, either. I don't think we know and the like extent of some. And, like, he was a fucking animal. He was a fucking animal. He, like, something in him would snap, and he would like bite these women choke these women bash their skulls in like he was an animal he's an animal that's all i have to say about that okay all right missing person i got my missing my missing kid for the day is Paige alvarado she's been missing since november 16th 2022 so for just a couple days so there's still a possibility y'all mm-hmm. that she can be found and brought home safe um her picture's cute she's got these big false lashes on and her makeup's all done up you gotta see this oh yeah and then there's another one when she's not and she looks like a baby oh she does <laughs> yeah hmm. um so she is missing from san antonio texas her birthday's may 30th 2007 and she's only 15 she is female Hispanic with black hair and brown eyes. She's 5'1 and 142 pounds. She may still be in the local hair area. If you think that you have seen her, please do not hesitate. Anyone having any information should contact 911 or 1 800 The Lost at 1 800 843 5678. 
You may also contact the San Antonio Police Department at 1-210-207-7273. Thank you guys so much for helping with these. We think these are super important. And literally, it just takes the right person. It takes one right person to hear this, to know about it, and to see her potentially and save her life. Mm -hmm. If you see something, say something. Yeah. So that's all I got about that. That's okay. All right. Well, um, oh, I wanted to tell you guys, I was listening to this podcast and they told, and I don't know why I never thought this was a thing before. Like it never dawned on me that it could be a thing, but it is a thing. And that thing is a website that sells murderabilia. So like murder memorabilia. So mm-hmm. infamous serial killer artwork, documents, letters, and personal effects. And it's called Artem Morris, Mortis. A-R-T-E-M. M-O-R-T-I-S. Art of the Dead. But, like... It's fucked up shit. Like, Richard Ramirez's letter and envelope. Um, Gary Ridgway framed photo that's signed. Um... The guy who killed John Lennon, there's an envelope that you can get. Mark David Chapman. More Richard Ramirez stuff. Which, the Hillside Strangler, that's Richard Ramirez, right? No, he was the Night Stalker. No, he was the Night Stalker. Yeah. I watched a documentary about how he was caught. Do you know how he was caught? Uh, Richard Ramirez? Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically other people. It was a fucking mob mm-hmm. of people that were fed the fuck up with his shit that literally fucking attacked him on the streets of California and, like, citizens arrested him. Yeah, I don't know so how badass. they figured out it was him, but they, they knew it was him and yeah. then they, like... So badass. Yeah. So badass. So. Well, that's what, what I've got there. Ooh, I, this has nothing to do with true crime. Well, it kind of, but where the crawdads sing, it's kind of a true true. It's not a true crime, but it's a crime fiction. Um, good. It's very good. The movie just released on um, Netflix. Oh, okay. And I already want to watch it again. I just watched it the other night, and I already want to watch it again. It's really, really good, you guys. It's very well done. Highly recommend. So that's what I've got since this is on the second one that we've recorded today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Energy levels are very low. We're, I think I want my husband we're to hitting, make us some coffee. We're hitting we're hitting a, we're hitting the lows. Okay. Well anyway, so if you want to find us, you can find us on various different social media platforms. If you found us, you probably already know where we're at, but we're on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Music or um, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, jeez. Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts. Um, if you want to email us, request cases, uh, give us some feedback, but good feedback, please. Please, good Be feedback. Be nice. Um, you can give us 
feedback about how we can improve in a tactful way that's not mean, rude, or condescending. Yeah. Like, you don't have to blow smoke up our asses, but you can be nice, constructive, constructive. I like this, but could you do this instead? Yeah. Or if you got a case that you think we could do that you want to listen to us tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can email us at murderpornpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a website. It's murderpornpodcast.podbean.com. Uh, IG, Podcast is how you find us. Once you find us on IG, we have link trees where you can go and pick up some merch. Um, we're going to be starting a Patreon here soon, which will be a lot of fun because we'll be putting like videos up of us recording because we have a lot of side conversations um true that you can find the two of us on our own individual igs there's courtney underscore ann 0.1 that is me and then allison is allison underscore wonderland wonderland the o is a zero and the e is a three not Um, a nine not a nine (laughs) For a while there, she was saying nine. Um, I have a TikTok. Um, it's a little bit of a different variation of the Courtney underscore Anne, but this one is 1.0. And that is it. That's all we got. That's all we got. All right. Well, guys. We got well, nothing more. Yeah. I think we're dragging ass over here. <laughs> yep. I just texted my husband for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye.